Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the August 18th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. As I have talked about before, Security Federal is a community development financial institution, which means that they exist for the specific purpose of providing banking access and banking services to those who have traditionally been underserved. Security Federal has 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, and they would love to see you. One of the best ways to support local matters is to support Security Federal. And next week, we have Mr. Tim Key, who is one of their mortgage lenders, uh, will come in and discuss with us some of the offerings, uh, how it is if you're thinking about taking the plunge of becoming a homeowner for the first time, or even if you're interested in purchasing a second uh, home, uh, they are the folks that you should talk to. So he'll come in and describe that process, uh, give you some tips on how to qualify for the best interest rates, uh, and just let you know more about how you can make a wise decision for yourself if you choose to become a homeowner. homeowner. Also, the show is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Um, I love doing this for you, and I love for you to listen to episodes that you might have missed. So if you want to catch an episode that you missed, if you want to share it with somebody uh, in your network, uh, the best way to do that is to go to my website, you Google Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. I've got several tabs there on my website, and one of those is Local Matters. Uh, if you go to that tab, you'll find any show to include. Um, last week's show, I had a great guest. You know, I pride myself in trying to bring you the very best folks possible to explain various concepts to you and to help inform you. Last week, I had Dr. Charles Bullock, and he is uh, a professor at the University of Georgia, and he is a renowned expert on redistricting. Uh, I had him come in so that he could explain what that term means. Uh, I'm sure you've seen there are going to be meetings here or there. The Augusta Commission has set up a redistricting committee. Uh, and if you just want to get more insight into that process, uh, Dr. Bullock gave us a great explanation and also explained to us how uh, the redistricting process has an integral role, plays an integral role in determining whether we'll be able to vote for the candidates of our choice. So please, um, you're welcome to go back to my website and catch uh, that particular show. Also recently, uh, I did a three-part series on Augusta University as our local hometown state uh, sponsored or state supported institution. Well, there is another state-supported institution uh, that I will devote a couple of upcoming shows to, and that is the Augusta Technical College. Dr. Jermaine Worrell is their new 
president. Uh, he's been in place uh, for a year, year and a half. Uh, the Augusta Tech has some exciting things going on, and he's going to talk about uh, where they are today and where they hope to be in the future. Uh, we'll provide some information that will be useful uh, to young people who are interested in uh, studying at Augusta Tech. Uh, we'll just really cover the economic impact as well of that institution. Uh, so please look forward to that upcoming show. Also, uh, today, I don't want to take anything away from who we have today. It's Mr. Herbert Judon. He is the executive director of the Augusta Regional Airport uh, to tell us um, a lot about the exciting things that are happening there. And in fact, the exciting things that you as a taxpayer are paying for. Thanks for being with us. My guest today is Mr. Herbert Judon. He is executive director of the Augusta Regional Airport. Herbert, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Janice. How are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, as you all know, uh, Local Matters family, Herbert is one of the people that I had an opportunity to work with uh, when I was with Augusta's government. And I wanted to make sure that we uh, brought him on, on for a couple of reasons. Uh, one reason is that the Augusta Regional Airport was my very first sponsor, uh, and typically uh, we allow our sponsors to uh, provide us with updates and information. And at the time last year when we started Local Matters, it was at the outset of the pandemic. So at that point, they didn't have a whole lot to report. And of course, the other reason uh, that I wanted them to come is just because the airport is a fascinating sort of business unit for city government. Uh, we are fortunate enough in Augusta to have one of the most profitable small airport operations in the country. So um, I'm just really proud to have Herbert here. We're proud of the uh, asset that the Augusta Regional Airport is. And we want to take today to learn a little bit more about it. You ready to go? Yep, let's go. All right. First thing I like to do is ask our guests to explain their path to where they are. Uh, what does one do to get to be an airport director? Well, my path was a little unique. And, and before I talk about myself, I would say that most young people that, that perhaps get into the field today may go to uh, a university with an airport management or an aerospace type um, degree program. For me, it started in the military. So I was a, a Marine for uh, six years. I joined right out of high school. I was in a aviation uh, military specialty. So I did that for, again, for six years. Uh, and then when I got out of the military, I, um, I got a job at the Charlotte, North Carolina airport. Um, and concurrently, while I was working at, at that airport, I was going to school at, uh, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. So I, um, I worked at the airport. I, I worked at each level of the airport. So I started out entry level, um, first line management, middle management, also got to work in different functional areas of the airport all the time while getting my degree, ultimately got my master's of public administration from the same university. Um, so for me, a lot of it was, um, although I did get the, the degree, it did not have anything to do with aviation, but I kind of concurrently learned 
the profession and, and received many certifications and a lot of different diverse experience in, in airport management. So tell us, so how long did it take you to get from that entry level walking in the door at Charlotte Douglas uh -huh. International to your arrival in Augusta as executive director? That's a great question. Yeah, I worked in Charlotte Airport for over 20 years. And my, my last role in Charlotte was as the assistant airport director. And, and uh, so I came here to Augusta in 2016. I've been here about five years. So again, that was off of about um, 20 plus years of experience working my way up in the other airport. Okay, which is to say to get to the top, sometimes it takes a while. Absolutely. But it was it was a great path. I think I um I feel it's been very very beneficial. Especially I mentioned about the different areas that I've been able to work in and and in Charlotte. And so now that I'm in a smaller airport, it's really beneficial to understand because I have to touch it more here in a smaller airport. So it's good to understand all those various areas of the operation. Okay. All right. And in terms of your responsibilities there now. Um, tell us, you know, just kind of how you spend your days. What are the most important things that the airport director has to do every day? I think at this airport, uh, a lot of my focus is on growth. And when I say growth, it's in, in many areas of our operations. So, you know, we're always looking for new air service opportunities. So, you know, what, you know, what uh, destinations, what routes uh, can we grow the Augusta Airport? Um, our business portfolio is huge to us. So uh, we, again, I'm, I'm constantly cultivating uh, or looking for business opportunities that can, can grow that part of the airport as well. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, just again, at, at a smaller airport, you touch uh, the, the operational piece and a lot of the day-to-day the -day aspects of the airport as well. And when you talk about that business um, and, and looking for ways to grow it, is that strictly for uh, travelers like ourselves, like, like I would be if I hopped on a plane, or is that going to be other types of business opportunities? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I would say um, a little bit of both, but... Um, I'll, I'll kind of focused on, on some of the other types of opportunities, as you mentioned, you know, and, I, and I'll give some examples. Um, you know, we've got 150 acres of land here on the airport that is primed for uh, development. So, you know, if there are businesses that have compatible uses on an airport, such as aeronautical type companies, um, which could be, you know, aircraft mechanics or aircraft um, manufacturing or even something or even even compatible businesses that have nothing to do with aviation, you know, such as an, an industrial type business, you know, we're looking for those types of opportunities. Um, we do have aeronautical businesses on the airport. Um, you may recall a couple months ago, we even started a, um, a, a helicopter operation with Augusta University Medical Center. Um, so a diverse, different types of um, businesses, you know, again, to help grow the airport's um, overall business to, portfolio to make it more diverse. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as we um, learn more, and I quest to learn more about 
just the airport and, and its impact. Uh, let's talk about our people traveling. Let me ask you that question. We know at the outset of the pandemic, everybody wanted to stay as far away from an airplane as possible. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like that has begun to shift. Can you tell us if it has? It has. Um, and you're right, Janice. Last year, I, I would say from middle of March to about May of 2020, literally no one was flying. And, and these, uh, so airports were down about 95% of what their previous traffic was a year ago. So literally nobody flying. And that was consistent across the country. Uh, probably in, in the summer of last year, and, and it probably varied by states. I know Georgia was a little bit more open than some other states, but we started seeing growth come back. Um, and I would probably say between the summer of last year and maybe the, the spring of this year, we, we had about 50 to 60% of our 2019 traffic. And then the last four or five months since the spring up until recent, um, we've actually continued to grow. And right now we're at about 80 to 85% of, of 2019 uh, numbers. And what we attribute the traffic to here recently is a couple of things. Obviously the um, vaccines that came out earlier this year, I think that gave people more confidence to get out and fly. Um, and also we saw a large influx of um, leisure travelers. I think a lot of folks were just, you know, they had cabin fever over the last year and a half or so. and you know, they wanted to get out and do something like the last three or four months. So we, we think those were kind of the big drivers of um, air traffic the last couple of months. Um, we are obviously a, a little concerned right now with the um, the Delta variant and um, and also the end of the, the summer travel season. So we're going to watch it closely to see um, see the impact as we go forward in the into the fall. The variant does seem to be a very uh, a daunting issue uh, for us. Uh, I know, for instance, I, one of my dreams has been to get to the U.S. Open, and but I don't think I'm going to try it because I'm just so afraid of, of what things may look like. Um, I do have a business trip uh, coming up. I have to go to a conference in early October, uh, so. It, I'm limiting, limiting my air travel to things where, you know, I just can't drive. Like, you know, the conference is in Portland, so I'm not going to drive to Portland, you know. But uh, I think we have to be really, really careful about uh, what we're what we're doing. People feel like they have to be careful, and and when that happens, that affects affects your business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned business travelers. I mean, that's that's the one piece that we are, uh, or that we, yeah, that we're anxiously uh, hoping comes back here soon because that's that's really where the airlines make their money, and that's where um, the larger number of consistent travelers come from that business sector. All right, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about some capital projects that you have upcoming at the airport. If I'm not mistaken, there was some money set aside and splossed for um, some improvements at the airport. And I think you've got some other funding sources as well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the improvements you all are about to make? Sure, yeah, we've got about over 50, about $55 million in capital projects over the next three years. and. Um, as you mentioned, they, they are funded from various different sources. Um, 
one of the primary sources of airport um, capital projects are what we call airport improvement program grants. And those are grants that we receive from the federal government. And it's based, they're, they're based on a couple of criteria. So, first of all, just the number of employments or how many people use your airport. And there's also a pool of discretionary funding as well that we can compete for depending on the attractiveness of a particular, of a particular project. Um, we also received some limited funding from the state, from the Georgia Department of Transportation uh, for some of our projects. And as, as you mentioned, we've previously been recipients of, uh, of SPLOST. Um, just this past year, some of the, um, the stimulus um, programs related to the pandemic, such as the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan, we've, there's been money that's been um, set aside for airports. And of course, we as um, the airport runs as an enterprise, so a business operation, and there are some um, some internal funds that we have for projects as well. But um, you asked me about some specific projects. So if you were to come to the airport, one thing that's very visible, uh, we're doing a baggage handling system, uh, rehab, or actually replacement. So this this is so when you drop your bag off, uh, these are the conveyors that are behind the ticket counters that take your bags out into the you know for the airlines to process, but also the baggage carousels that you see that we all experience when we pick up our bags. So that's about a two and a half million dollar project. It started this spring and it it will conclude in September. So that's one big visible project that you'll see if you've been out here uh, in recent days. Um, We've got several projects on the airfield. We just um, we just did a rehabilitation of our second runway. So that included all the pavement, uh, the lighting, some of the electrical. Uh, we just did a new uh, airfield lighting vault, which controls the airfield lighting. Um, we've done a series of four phases of concrete or pavement replacement out on the tarmac. Um, so those are some of the big projects that have been ongoing uh, here in recent months. Okay, all right. And as you talk about the various funding sources, FLOS, you know, you meant, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned grants. Are those grants from the federal government? They are. Um, again, the airport improvement program is from the federal government and, and we get some block grant money from the Georgia Department of Transportation. Typically that will match um, the federal grants. So the federal grants on the airport improvement program are usually 90% of a project's cost and the state will match 5%. Th those are, those are probably our two most typical grant, uh, programs. So, and I just highlight that because as local matters focuses on state and local government issues, um, some of your local tax dollar, some of your state tax dollar and some of your federal tax dollar all, all goes toward aviation related projects. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 just want to make that point. So every level of government is contributing in some way to the improvement of Augusta Regional. Um, and let's uh, also talk a little bit about um, the airport as an economic engine um, I can recall days when maybe the Economic Development Authority or 
we would be in contact with a business and they would say one of the factors and their evaluation about whether they would locate in Augusta or expand uh, here, operations here, would be the availability of, of air travel. Um, that is one of the factors that those businesses will consider uh, when they're uh, thinking about making decisions about their own physical locations. Um, how important of a player really do you see the airport in terms of growth of, of a community? I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, I think the airport is extremely um, important. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, businesses look at uh, air connectivity oftentimes when they make uh, location or relocation uh, decisions. Um, and even, you know, we don't talk about it a lot, but even uh, corporate or general aviation, um, you know, oftentimes the executives of, of an organization, um, they may not be flying commercial, they may be flying in, in corporate or, or business aviation, but it's important for them, you know, those are kind of the movers and shakers in communities. So it's important for them to you know, whether it's commercial or, or business aviation to get somewhere quickly to make these types of business deals that ultimately help a community. Um, so, so I think aviation is critical and um, also just the economic impact that, a, um, that an airport or an aviation business brings. So, you know, for example, um, Augusta Regional Airport in the most recent um, economic impact studies show the airport to have about a $300 million annual economic impact on the region. So it's pretty significant when you think of, of um, employment and some of those other indirect types of um, spending that occurs at an airport that it's pretty significant in, in, a, in a community. And I guess the last point that I will make is, is the, you know, I, I touched on it just a second ago, the jobs, um, you know, the airport airlines, we've got some um, businesses on the airport that have, um, a good amount of jobs that are high paying jobs. So, so again, those are um, multipliers from an economic standpoint that, that are generated at the airport. So, so yeah, it absolutely is, is critical. And I think that's one of the, you know, for, for business people that are listening to this, I think that's one of the reasons to, to support and help grow the airport because there's, there's gonna be that reciprocal um, growth into the community. Correct. So there are reasons for government to make investments in the airport. There's a there's a benefit on the back end in terms of business development that we have to keep in mind. Um, and now, of course, as we talk about our individual passenger travel, you know, I hear people so often saying, oh, you know, I'm going to have to drive to the airport in Atlanta or I'm going to fly out of Charlotte. And um that was a consideration for me, you know, my upcoming business trip. And then I thought, eh, <laughs> I'll fly out of Augusta. It'll be okay. Um, is what do you say to the person who says, "Dang, I just don't want to fly out of Augusta. I just, you know, I'll just go do go somewhere else." Well, how do you uh, discuss the advantages of actually flying out of the hometown airport? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, um, it is a lot easier. So if you're contemplating on going to Atlanta, you know, that is, you know, notwithstanding traffic, it's going to be, you know, probably three hours to get to the airport. And again, not including traffic. Um, 
then you, you got to take, you know, that's your time and, and the cost that you incur to get there. And then you're obviously going into a large airport where you're going to have to park likely in a remote area and either take a bus or walk to the terminal. And then you got to deal with the long uh, security line to get through. And, and so all those, the logistics to, to, to get you to the large airport is sometimes not worth it. You know, you can come to Augusta and it's, you know, all those things that I just mentioned are much easier, you know, parking and access and, and uh, the ability, the speed to get to your gate is, is much easier. Um, oftentimes people talk about the cost and, and we, we actually have a cost calculator on our website. Um, and, and the cost may vary, but, uh, and it depends, but I'm gonna use a, a, an average example. You know, sometimes you may see a flight out of Augusta that may be 30, $40 more, for example. Um, but is that really worth it when, when you factor in all the, you know, the variables that I just mentioned, you know, for 30 or $40. So it's a lot, obviously a lot easier, uh, on your, your time and your mental health to, to use the, the local airport. And, and then the other point that I will make for our, our customers, we are really trying hard to get additional air service into Augusta, but I, I will tell people that, you know, if we don't use it, we can lose it. So, you know, in recent years, we've, we've, we've gotten flights to Dallas, Fort Worth and to Washington DC and other destinations. And so it's, it's critical that we locally support these routes in order for us to maintain them and also get additional routes. So the more you use the local airport, the more, the more diverse um, routes and destinations that we can provide in the future. You know, you bring up an interesting point and say, if you don't use it, you can lose it because I would assume as airlines are looking at expanding service into the Augusta area, they will look at passenger trips mm -hmm. and based upon that data, they will make decisions, right? Absolutely. In fact, that was one of the, you know, for example, Washington, D.C., the Washington capital region is the number one destination for people that originate in Augusta. So, yeah, so I think that was obviously a decision, you know, a factor for uh, the airlines to make that decision to reinstate the flight to, to, to DC. Um, mm -hmm. And also the airlines look at, at routes that are profitable, you know, so sometimes, you know, and, and I talked about business travelers, travelers a little earlier, but, um, typically business travelers pay a little bit more for their tickets and they spend a little bit more. So you could theoretically have an airplane that may be 80% full, but it may be more of a business um, clientele versus a, a, a plane that might be 85, 90% full with leisure travelers. But that, that plane that may have a few less people and it may be more profitable to the airlines depending on the makeup of, of the typical passenger. So, so those are things that they look at, but yeah, the bottom line is we need to keep, keep the flights as full as possible out of Augusta. All right, thank you so much for sharing that information about our own Augusta Regional Airport. Um, is there anything else that you think our Local Matters listeners uh, want to know or need to know about uh, their their hometown airport. Besides the the things that I talked about today, we also want to be a community partner. So, 
we do a lot of events around the year. So even if you don't fly, you know, you know, we do events for kids. We've got uh, educational programs. We, we have programs in the holiday, holiday season. We're going to do a 5K run in the spring next year. Um, we want to be community partners and we want the airport to be an asset for, for the entire region. Whether you fly or not, you still can come to the airport and experience it. All right, thank you so much for letting us know that you all are with us as community partners. Uh, it has been really informative and great to talk to you again. Uh, we wish you the best when you cross over that next uh, barrier and get a new, uh, a new, another new airline in or a new flight uh, in. Uh, we'll love to have you back on the air, on the local matters to talk some more about it. Well, thank you, Janet. It was great to talk to you, Janice, and your listeners. All right. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net because local matters.